0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. If you like that song you just heard, no need to pull out Shazam. I got you covered. That is the talented Chase Drew. Make sure you go listen to him wherever you get your music. I have Devin Box with me today, as always, my great co-host. Devin, another day, but the same story. We just came back from golfing. How did it go?
1: <laughs> uh, it went well. Had some Driving was really good. Got to work on my short game. Not, uh, not, not doing it should do. Put it that way.
0: I think we both did pretty well, so that's the key thing. Uh, Devin hosts his own podcast called the Health Science Podcast, where he covers real interesting research in the health science field and explains what that means to us. New episodes air every Thursday on all the same platforms that you found us on. Welcome to The Fiscal Frisk. We are a podcast dedicated to taking literature relating to business and finance, frisking it down with the end goal to make it understandable for all you guys and Devin. Devin is not an expert in this field and definitely not on the topic today, so he'll be here to ask <laughs> questions when needed and see clarifications on behalf of you guys, because chances are if Devin has a question, you guys probably have the same question. I'm just, I'm
1: just saying secretly I'm an expert. <laughs> Everything I've told you has just been
0: the opposite. <laughs> now on to today's topic, Devin, do you know what season it is? golf and tax it's golfing season but more importantly it's tax season so i recently just filed my taxes so i thought it'd be a very interesting to do an episode on the changes for what to look for while filing this year weird your, your taxes in canada and what you guys need to know on what you can or you can't claim disclaimer i am not a chartered accountant nor is devin as i previously said we are not tax experts our tax not my tax knowledge is Ended in grade 13 when I did a co-op at an income tax firm. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) Zach's not an expert. Devin's even less of an expert.
0: (laughs) So what we're here to do, this is more just of an informational episode because of how the taxes will look different this year because of different government assistance like CERB, like the Canadian Mm -hmm. Emergency Response Benefit, and all the deductions for people working from home. So we're just yeah. going to try and cover all of that.
1: And the article will be
0: in the description,
1: of course. So yeah, exactly. So you can, can actually it.
0: see what the legit tax expert said about everything. Exactly. The first topic we're going to talk about is your Canada Revenue Agency. So your CRA online account. Due to some inactivity and potential fraud, CRA actually shut down 800,000 accounts. If you are affected by this, you do have to call to reactivate your account. And if you're listening to this, this is March 24th. Um, A quick search on the website is it's about a three hour wait to get through to someone. So it's only going to get longer uh, the closer it gets to the due date for filing your taxes. So if you are locked out of your account, you should probably try to get on that sooner rather than later. I haven't been on there. Well, some people don't really need to go on there, but like I said before, there are some other stuff that you might need to go on your CRA account to look for. So if you do need that, it is probably best that you get on the phone or register if you did have an account and now it is inactive.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Good to know. <laughs> Speaking of due date last year, there was a grace period. They did extend the tax, um, deadline, uh, because of the pandemic, obviously as of right now, there has been no talk about extending it. So it is a hard due date as of April 30th, 2021 for personal taxes as of right now, again, March 24th. Yep. Traditionally, Devin, you know, when you work, That work is taxable income. Is it? Yes. (laughs) Anywhere you work for the calendar year that you're filing taxes for, you receive a T4. Uh, Like that is the main thing that everyone knows about. So what other forms can we be expecting this year and how does that look different? Just a short note on T4s, just because I know some of my friends haven't received all of their tax information, especially T4s. By law, employers do have to file those T4s by February 28th. However, it is not by law that they have to give a physical copy. And this could be, like, not on purpose, though. Like, it it could be maybe by air, administrative stuff, like pandemic stuff. You know, maybe things got in the way. But they do have to file it by February 28th. So the only way that you can get that information is through your CRA online account. So you should always check there if you don't know if you've received all of your tax information. So again, if you're locked out, make sure you go reactivate your account.
1: Yeah, you might need to. (laughs) You forgot about some employment.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yours has been a little bit crazy, honestly. I wouldn't blame people. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I was just thinking about all the stuff that we went through, like with like the, uh, like our other jobs. And like, Ugh. I had like three or four T4s, two T2202As for like tuition, like I think all this stuff. I think
1: I, I think I might have like four different T4s. Yeah. Two different Well, true, T4 you would have been like, yeah,
0: your teaching assistant, and then like lots like of different, lots different, of different <laughs> stuff. Um, Obviously, so this is kind of like the main thing. If you received any type of government support, so this is CERB, CRB, CSB, Instead of showing up on a T4, like a taxable income slip, it will be a T4A, which is still taxable income, but it's just a different form.
1: Because there's a difference between employment income and just taxable income. Like exactly. Taxable income for me, I get funding through the university for research purposes. It's not a job, your mm-hmm. quote, but you have income from it or doing the research, um, it's just a different classification. But exactly. That money like, it falls income. under
0: that type of form, but is a different form of income. Yeah. Another form, which is very new, is the T2200, which is the form for your home office expenses Ooh. through employers, or whatever. Had it a new chair be. the other day. Yeah, that's not taxable, unfortunately. Oh. I don't work from home. Darn. I'm still in the office. But... <laughs> <laughs> and the final one is the T4E, which is what everyone know as employment insurance. So if you're on your EI, so if you're laid off or on the parental leave, it typically rounded out to $500 weekly. You will receive this on this specific form. So again, T4, T4E. Yeah. T4E. So okay. you have your T4A for CERB, T2200 for the office expenses and the T4E for your employment insurance. Those are kind of the,
1: I'd say there's another one, t uh, T2202 that's for students. We talk about that
0: later. Later, About like the tuition stuff. But yes, T twenty two oh two is another one A (laughs) is your tuition credits, which again you have your personal exemption of what you can't pay tax on. Don't quote me on this. It's usually around eleven to thirteen thousand dollars, like on your first of that income that you make. It's not taxable when you go to school. You get that buffer room, so university $8,000, college more like six dollars to $5,000. That just increases that personal exemption on the mm. income that you make. You do not have to pay tax on that additional income.
1: Yeah, 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 because the T2202 would go along with your other documents just to, to right. give you that buffer room.
0: Right, um, so the next thing I kind of want to go on to is there is a lot of confusion about paying back CERB and just items in general. So I'm going to kind of talk, a, the, there's two, there's a threshold. It's $75,000. If you made less than $75,000 in 2020 and you received any of the government aid programs and you have an outstanding amount to pay. So if you weren't eligible for CERB or if you have to pay a certain portion back, because a lot of people did, you have until April 30th, 2022. So it's a year buffer to for that outstanding payment. Mm. but if you made over that $75,000 thrush mark and you had outstanding amounts owed from the government programs, you do not qualify for that program if you're laid off or not, and you do have to pay that back within a way closer time. I don't know what the exact time frame, but you do not have that year buffer.
1: Mm. Yeah, because I think some people, honestly, they they, they applied for it by accident. Well, not by accident. Obviously, they need it, but like I uh, I seen something there that the Canadian government sneaky changed like a word when it came to the income and it was gross income or net income. I right. can't remember the exact switch, but there were a lot of people that signed up for it, knew that they were eligible. Um, and then the government basically said, no, it has to be, you know, it can't be after expenses. It has to be whatever. Right. Um, and then a lot of people suddenly didn't qualify for it and they didn't actually notify everyone of that change. Yeah. So there are people that might've collected it. Um, unfortunately, not really knowing that until they got an angry letter saying, Hey,
0: Mm-hmm. You didn't qualify. Yeah, exactly. Or the people who didn't know that it was actually taxable income. So they spent said all of $2,000 instead of maybe putting a small portion away because they know that they'd have to pay it back or whatever it may be. Right. So again, under 75000 if you do have that outstanding amount, you do have that year leeway. If it's over 75000 regardless of the situation, if you have outstanding amounts, you do have to pay that off. I'm pretty sure it is a month time. But again, don't quote me on that. Now we are going to move on to what you can and can't write off from working from home. Uh, The first thing is property tax. So the basic answer is no, but there is some weird rules. If you earn commission, don't really know what that is. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you earn commission, there is a chance that you can write off part of your property tax, but you're on your own. (laughs) Can you... Commission
1: from home. (laughs) Like, How would you be earning... uh I don't know. I'd probably be afraid from commenting because it'd be some, like, way that people are earning commission that I didn't think of.
0: Yeah, no, I, like, I'm trying to, I, I, because I was trying to come up with an example, too. Like, I was thinking, like, mortgages, like, if you're, like, a mortgage broker and you're working from home, because, like, technically, like, you know, if a realtor refers you, you do get a commission from that if you work for, like, a security. So, maybe that, but, like, other than that, I had no idea, so... So, for your mortgage brokers, that's all the only thing I can get from. Shout out to you
1: guys
0: (laughs) and girls. You can write off part of your property tax. Uh, Can you expense newly purchased home equipment? So, this is like a whole really weird um, part of the taxes. So, pretty much what they did is you get a deductible that is multiplied by $2 in a maximum of 200 days that you work uh, for a full time year. So if you work 200 days full time within that calendar year, so 2020, that'd be $2 times 200 days. So you get a $400 deduction with no effort, no receipts. Like that's just like the absolute baseline. Um, But it seems like there's like, there's two ways that you can uh, approach it because you can do like the percentage base of what you use like so you ha- would have to find the square footage and all that other stuff so what it seems like more more people are taking this basic $400 approach because it's a lot easier because by the time you actually figure out the electricity the heat the square footage the workspace or whatever it may be like the equipment like that you use to actually for work it tends to be under that $400 marker like it'd be like more like the two whatever it may be like I don't know this is just what it said in the article. Um, It is easier to use that $400 than it is to use it off the base of the square footage thing. And I know a lot of employers had their own incentive programs for purchased home equipment and like all that other stuff. So it's usually easier to go that way than through the government. And for the, based on like percentage of usage, like they had like this uh, really good chart for the eligibility. So if you do want to go that route, Uh, definitely go check out the link in the description so you can actually see it. It looks like what is eligible was Wi-Fi, so bills like heat and electricity, office supplies, so like rulers, staplers, like that type of stuff, rent and leasing, where it was ineligible for office equipment, chairs, laptops, desks, furniture, and mortgage. And again, this is based off percentage of usage. This is not that typical, $400. And then we're gonna move on to the students because a lot of our viewers, uh, they are in that younger range. So what is different for students for this year for taxes? There was a different tax benefit students could apply for and that was the Canadian student benefit. So this is exactly like CERB in the way that it is taxable income and you will receive a T4A. But we talked about this earlier in that T2202A, uh, usually that tuition credit, it offsets the amount Typically, like this is for the average student, if you're making a lot of money while taking this student benefit and all of that, there is a chance that you will still need to pay even, uh, the tuition <laughs> credit would offset that. Uh, it is important to note when you are filing your taxes that you take advantage of your tuition credits. So if you have any leftover from previous years, so say if you don't meet that threshold, like I said, of that eleven to 13000 of non-taxable income, You wouldn't use your tuition credit in those years, and those might carry forward. So it'd be good to ask whoever does your taxes, if it's your parents, yourself, or if you get like an actual accountant to do it, that this year you might want to put all of your tuition credit, because again, the more tuition credits you have, the less that you're going to be paying the government. Mm -hmm. And finally, the parents. This is probably one of the biggest changes that we've seen this year for filing taxes. If you use child care in 2020, the typical amount for children under seven. So like if you're in childcare and you're paying the typical amount of whatever it is for your children to be in said child care, you can deduct up to $8,000 per child, which that's a, that's a pretty good deduction. I could help
1: out some, uh, yeah. some parents for sure. So
0: I'm not a father. I don't have any kids or anything. But this is a huge increase to, I think, of what it usually is. Because I'm not an expert in child care in Canada, but I know my old receptionist at my job said, for each child, I think it's upwards of fifteen dollars to $20,000 per kid. So again, don't quote me on that. But to write off $8,000 of that fifteen to 20000 is a big deduction, especially as we talked in previous episodes. The that demographic is typically the people who are struggling more of the burden of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this would be a really big weight lifted off the shoulders of these families, especially for the tax season.
1: That's good. Yeah. Child care ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, especially for sure. Especially when yeah, when your work I and mean, all that is just up in the air, you have no clue what it's gonna look like. You can't really plan for stuff. So exactly yeah, you gotta kind of use more babysitting whatever it is Mm -hmm. um or whatever child services in the in the meantime to kind of get you through until you might know what that employment might look like
0: yeah exactly and just again just to bring this back home a lot like think about like rsp contributions and how much like a big the tax break that is for that it'd be equivalent to making a sixteen thousand dollar. explain that it's just a retire like a you get a write off for when you do a registered retirement savings plan RSP, mm-hmm. and you get it's like a fifty percent upwards again. Don't quote me on what you get back from said RSP contribution because they want you
1: to save, save because that's they good don't for stability so the and it's less
0: tend like you get less tension from the government from CBP and OAS, <laughs> but we'll talk about that maybe a different day. Yeah. <laughs> But so it'd be equivalent to making a $16,000 RRSP contribution, which a lot of people can't do. So again, just that $8,000 deduction is really big. But on the flip side, the negative is because of the pandemic, a lot of children did not go to childcare because their parents being laid off or working from home. That family didn't maybe reach that $8,000 threshold. So then they'd no longer get that deduction. So it's nice that they're giving that deduction, but how many people are really going to take advantage of it? Right. Yeah. But to wrap things up, if you are spending less typically, and hopefully if you listen to the fiscal frisk, you are saving more money. So let's hope that your taxes reflect that. I think that is a good place to end it. I know that this is a shorter podcast, but I felt with the tax season right around the corner, this would be a good episode because as someone, I like to think I know taxes like pretty well. It can be scary. So I hope this episode really did help you guys help, help you guys understand how things will be different this year while you're filing your taxes. Devin, do you have any final comments or questions? We are not experts in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Just reiterate that. Just reiterate. <laughs> he's pleading the fifth. Do <laughs> not.
1: Do not file your taxes improperly and then blame us. This is things to look for.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you everyone who stuck around to the end, like the fiscal frisk and the health science podcast on Facebook, it really help us out. Uh, Devin hosts his own podcast called the health science podcast, like I've said before, new episodes every Thursday, great guy, better topics, and also, Chase Drew, great music, also a great guy. So go check that out as well. We leave the contact information, my contact information, and the link to the description. So if you want to go learn more about how this expert did the taxes and more questions, you can go check that out. Or you can give me feedback and more topic suggestions. We want to make this an interactive community. From Devin and I, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Fiscal Frisk.